0: What's up, guys? This is Gabriel Menchaca. This is Carry Us Through Podcast. We have two people that are great guys, but we have Christian Alonzo and Rob Lopez. Uh, Christian Alonzo, uh, I've known him for many years. Rob, I've come to know him through the last couple of years. We are not close friends on Instagram, though, just to put that out there. Just want everybody to know that. Uh, <laughs> but Rob is a great guy. He owns a coffeehouse in Lakewood, uh, and uh, we're just going to have a conversation that I hope encourages you Challenges you and brings out some other conversations hopefully with some of your friends So just so everybody's aware if you have children if you're listening to this podcast and you're maybe taking a road trip And there's kids listening it's probably it's really up to you at what age you're gonna say hey don't listen But I will say this the first time I saw pornography. I was in the fifth grade So that would put me at about 11 years old so, just so you're aware that it's not, it's not aimed at kids. It's aimed at, uh, you know, maybe older teenagers, young adults, uh, obviously with parental guidance. So, just so you're aware, if you're listening to this with the family, we are gonna say some stuff that is a little bit more detailed or graphic, and just want you to be aware of that. But uh, Christian and then Rob, we'll have you guys just introduce yourselves. Hey,
1: my name is uh, Christian Alonzo, and I'm 35 years old. I am a woodworker, Uh, I'm a musician, I'm an artist and uh, I've also been in recovery for pornography addiction, masturbation, sexual addiction for the last nine years as a walking professing Christian. Uh, As someone who was uh, physically and sexually abused as a child and exposed to pornography uh, at an early age, I believe my addictions were a form of comfort to, to pacify my trauma. So my hope is to bring uh, more awareness to the body of Christ uh, about pornography addiction and uh, masturbation and all this, you know, all that stuff to cr- create safe spaces to talk about sexuality in a healthy and godly manner so that we can help um, and equip men, women, young and old, young adults, uh, especially teenagers, um, to be able to walk in freedom and, and just break the cycle of, of shame that um, you know, this, this sin um, creates, and uh, yeah, uh, that's it. Hey guys, uh, my name is Rob Lopez. Uh, i been a Christian for about
2: 12 years. Like Gabo said, I have a coffee shop here in Lakewood, California. And I'm excited to do this podcast today with Gabo uh, discussing pornography, addiction, and identity.
0: Yeah, cool. All right. So we had a conversation last time, Christian and I. We talked about uh, sexuality, we talked about pornography, um, the addictions that are rampant in the church, uh, not just with men, but with women. Uh, He sent me a podcast called Pure Desire Podcast, in which they talk about pornography and addiction. And so I want to say this. I think every single one of us in this room has seen pornography, right? Right. Yeah. So the, the problem that comes with this is that when when a guy especially views pornography, it drives them to something. I would say women too. I don't know how how that has changed in the recent years, but men are driven to something in watching pornography, meaning to fulfill something. And so there's a reality that comes with, when you're watching pornography, you drive to fulfill um, the, the flesh. You, you actually drive to uh, have a, what's, let me see the proper scientific word for this, um, ejaculation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, that's, that's the goal in watching it because you're basically trying to fulfill what that desire is. So what happens is as a Christian, You go through this, you watch the pornography, there's ejaculation, and then there's a huge sense of shame. Now, this is something that can be condemning, it can be destructive. Uh, People will be like, you know, pretty strong in ministry and then just get decimated by this thing they can't overcome. And so, like, this is where I think the conversation has to be a little bit more normal within the church because most men deal with this. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I agree. Yeah, so most men deal with this. So this is something that we want to definitely address and also say, if you're struggling with it, that's one thing. If you're continuously watching it, that's an addiction. And so maybe Christian, you can talk a little bit more about the addiction Mm -hmm. versus like a struggle. So I think medically, or or like in, yeah, in medical
1: terms, like an addiction is, is like a behavior that you you know uh, I just well I guess I guess I would say it can be destructive because phone use can be destructive you know or or watching too much television so it's anything that you've tried to stop and basically figured out you can't Um, it's something you you go back to and it could be in in different uh, like doesn't have to be as frequent. It can be infrequent, but it's definitely a behavior that you cannot stop. You've tried. Um, it's cost you money. It's cost you relationships. It's cost um, it's cost you um, a lot of emotional. Uh, you know, I don't want to say trauma, but it's 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 um, heaviness. You know, uh, it's it's brought on depression or suicide. Those things. So, uh, yeah, I would say that if you are watching it and you've tried to stop and you don't
0: understand why, you're probably addicted. And and I would even, the frequent and infrequent. When you say infrequent, we're talking six months. Right. A year. Yeah. Yeah, all that? Okay. Yeah. It could be, you could be, you know, because. Because someone someone I think would assume infrequent to be like, oh, well, today I did good. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, but I mean it, it, yeah, I mean I I can attest to like that like I would be, you know, clean, I would be sober. And I'm going to use language like clean, sober. Yeah. Uh relapse, you know, and I've had great spans of time of sobriety, you know, 7 months, a year, year and a half. Uh and then I've gone from from that to uh once or twice a week, you know, for almost you know, a year, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so it just depends And a lot of what the issue or the problem that people have is they think because, well, I've been clean for this, this amount of time. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm healed. I'm, I don't need, you know, I don't need to, uh, I can take off, you know, whatever guardrails that I have, you know, I can take off this accountability amp. I can oh, do, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't need to make these phone calls, or let my pastor know or my leaders or anything like that like um and and then all of a sudden life happens and and so you end up relapsing because you're not seeing that like you're the reason why you go to porn is not is not a moral issue it's it's a it's a i would say it's a hard issue you know and it's 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 it comes from it comes from a deeper place of, of, of woundedness, identity. Yeah. Um, and you would label and, and yourself how, how do you cope, how to cope, right? Like you, it's something that you picked up at early on in your life, and and mm. and so it's a security blanket, essentially. Right. Yeah. But you would label yourself an addict. I would. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. And Rob, thoughts?
2: Um, that was really good what Christian just said. Um, I would probably put myself in the category of. Uh, struggling with pornography for sure I struggled with pornography for quite some time Um, definitely kind of what Christian said uh, for me pornography was a way of coping with things um, and struggling with pornography I wasn't really sure why I would run to it but now where I'm at now in life I realize I had certain triggers that would make me want to go watch pornography yeah whether I was super stressed out, whether, you know, through seasons of depression or whatever I was battling, pornography was my coping mechanism to kind of cope with life. Um, so for me, watching pornography at the age of 13, um, it was something that I didn't realize that I was going to struggle with years ahead. So definitely I would, label it as a struggle um, yeah kind of what Christian said it's just a heart issue um, not realizing that I was running to that instead of at least for me I wasn't running to God and bring addressing these issues uh, and being more accountable to through my process with pornography and my struggle with it
0: mm-hmm. so um, in in both okay let me let me give some background for people listening to. I am married <laughs> So It's I would not say It's a different Struggle Pornography Married Or single Is still something That is gonna draw mm-hmm. Because yeah. It's It's easy Yeah There's no work yeah. It's uh, It's uh, What's the word uh, Very uh, What's the word We're like the microwave generation We want gratification it's Right away Accessible gratification. It's, Accessible it's, it's, yeah. novel. it's novel Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's You
1: can just you get it, and what, you're done. I mean, whatever, whatever scenario, fantasy type, you know, body type. Um, yeah,
0: you know, like <laughs> I, okay, I would say this. I did, what I never wear that teeth.
1: Oh, what I mean, I'm th- I, <laughs> yeah. that's
0: that's how it is. I, mean, I did you, know that. You,
1: I can choose whoever, whoever, whatever <laughs> I want. I don't right? mean to laugh at you. What? I'm laughing with you. <laughs> It's true, though. I mean, you, you, I could I could be like, oh, I mean, I, I want a Batman theme, what? you know?
0: <laughs> okay. All right, so. so but, 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 yeah, okay. I, yeah. I did not know that. So, let me say this, though. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm talking about struggled. novel. I'm just saying novel. That, okay. That's because
1: that's, that's where people, that's like where these, all these fetishes come from, you Got know? Got it. And, Got and it. it's, you can get
0: it, right? Instantly. It's in your pocket, you know, on your laptop. And so, and even like I've had conversations with some married guys who basically it was like they wanted to have sex. Their wife was like I'm tired. Uh, Whatever reasons they wanted to give. So they literally were like angry at their wife. Right. And so they went and watched porn and masturbated Mm -hmm. to basically say I don't need you. Right. And I was like shocked when someone told me I was like what? Like that's very like that's very mean actually. But it's something that this is, this is one thing I've learned about myself, that there was always, when I wanted to watch pornography, it was my trigger, which I learned from a Pure Desire podcast, mm-hmm. um, a trigger, I'm using that word, was stress. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I really, that I was not aware that I could pinpoint a trigger. I just was aware that there was a pattern. Right. That whenever I wanted to consume pornography, it was centered around this area of stress, but it was also very prideful because what I found and, and the Holy Spirit really just revealed this to me It wasn't like I went to a psychologist or anything like right. that. It was just really the Holy Spirit It was stress, but that was the trigger But the main the, the sinful part that was driving me in the flesh was pride because I wanted to control Right. Mm-hmm. The stress was because I wasn't in control, in control yeah. So the pride pushed me to control something. Right. So this is like in control. So I'll just go do it yeah. And so that pushed me into that direction What helped me a lot was really talking to my wife Like just being like, hey babe, listen um, I need you tonight yeah. <laughs> And like just talking to her But in the same way, learning that That also in itself was still a form of control And I didn't realize most of this stuff until You know, we're married, we've been married This will uh, be 12 years this month, or this year And so it was something learning along the way Where I was kind of like objectifying my wife mm-hmm. Or basically saying like you know, right now, tonight, woman, you know, like, but it was kind of like realizing that that's, that's a form of pride. That's like mm-hmm. trying to just control something because I'm stressed out or whatever. So understanding that and going from there, I realized, man, there's so much that just our simple nature, like we have to push back on. Right. Um, I, I don't know how you guys see it, but I heard an example. So I forgot who shared it, but they talked about two, two wolves. That you're feeding one or the other. Right. And uh, I realized that's so true. Like, if you're constantly feeding your flesh in whatever capacity it is, consumption of of whatever, Mm -hmm. food, uh, drink, uh, lustful thoughts, like consuming, you're feeding this thing that becomes strong. And then we, we find it so difficult to push back because it's so strong. So the spirit versus the flesh Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a huge lesson that I've learned that even in the spirit, like one pastor told me, I know the guy, awesome dude. He said, I, I have to pray uh, so much because I've realized I can pray four hours straight, five hours straight, and then walk out the door and lust after a woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like you're a holy person. But they were just being real that, that their flesh is still there. Mm-hmm. Even after all the spiritual moves we make, right. our flesh is still there. uh
2: No, I agree. I think uh, that's just the reality of Christianity. Is that um, the Bible says that God takes us from glory to glory, but even from that, um, we're still carnal. We still have our flesh. We're not. We're not completed right. yet. Right. So we still. We still have our temptations. But just because you have a temptation doesn't mean that you're. Uh, purposely sinning, right? Right. So, for you know, living you know in this world, um, our we're gonna our flesh, is gonna have these cravings. Um, so, kind of like I want to kind of talk about what you said earlier, Gabo about like uh, whatever you feed is gonna grow. So, yeah. like you know, so pornography, uh, it's the more you feed pornography, the more it's gonna grow. The desire is gonna be there, the craving's gonna be there. Um, the more you're gonna watch it. Um, Especially if you just kind of are not aware of your triggers. And then also just kind of, not a loose cannon, but in the sense of just like, kind of like purposely going after uh, frequently. Yeah. Um, so it's super important. I, I like that you said trigger because it's super important to know what your triggers are. For me, it's the same thing. What you said, it's uh, when I was highly stressed out, I would run to pornography. And yeah, it is frightful because it was just like... I'm stressed out about something that I'm not able to control in my life. Yeah. So, to make myself feel better, what is something that will make me feel good, but something that I can control, and that was pornography. And it's accessible. And it's right. super accessible. Two clicks away on your phone, two clicks away on the computer, and you're already watching it.
0: And the other area, too, that I feel like is is kind of neglected um, is, I think we talked about it last time, like the dopamine. Yeah. The effect. Like, yeah. that you literally create something... Physiologically, in yeah. your body, yeah. that reacts to the um, gratification of, of watching pornography and masturbating. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like that is something that I, when I when I heard more into that thought, I was like, you know what, we don't talk about that enough. Right. Like, we talk about the spiritual side of like, you know, pray hard, read your word. You know, <laughs> like, and it's like, yeah, man, but. uh... <laughs> You could read the Bible and <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> go right out of the room and do something else, mm-hmm. but um, the physiological side of the dopamine, of, like that, actually is developed through your actions and the habit that is formed, and your body literally craves it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't aware of that. I was thinking, yeah. "Man, like that's a whole other side." Yeah. So, and I think you spoke more about it. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, yeah, I think we talked about brain science. So, I, I don't know the direct quote, but there's this author, or he's a psychologist, Jay Stringer, counselor guy, um, and, and he says that, like, po- you know, porn, porn is a, is a, porn meets a, a need, uh, it, it's like, it, you're basically, like, meeting a, 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 nat- not a natural need in an unnatural way, that's mm-hmm. not the exact quote, it's, I, good, his though. quote is way better, but... Yeah. Um, from what I remember, I just used it a few weeks ago. I don't know why I don't remember, but you know, w- the you know, like let's say, like you're talking about your your pastor friend, it, God designed us to be sexual, in in, in a obviously in a godly way, right. God honoring, and within the context of marriage, and um, and so I, we, um, what was I saying? So like. But because but because there's no there's no um, conversation about it, you know it's always been like sex is a sin unless you're married mm-hmm. and then like if you grow up in like you know rigid Christian homes or just in general, like where you know it's not talked about because well, you know you'll find out when you're married right and and it's like that's really dangerous because yeah, uh, you know, you know you gave earlier you gave the disclaimer you know like if you got kids it's like well it's either us or youtube or like That's their true. friends yeah. at preschool i don't know even you know like it's you know in elementary school or, or middle school you know i i heard about sex and porn early, way early i mean i was i was 5 year, 5 years old the first time i ever watched porn wow. you know so um, you know parents have to learn how to have that dialogue they have to learn um there's resources out there but um yeah there's a there's a there's a chemistry that happens in the brain you know you your um your brain creates these receptors you know and um you know it's like your brain tells you you know when you're tired you're hungry um exhausted however stressed out your brain just says hey I know what makes us feel good, right? That porn stuff. Remember the porn stuff, like, and then like you, your brain's always wanting to go back to that, that first orgasm, um, you know, and that first time. So it's like it's it's already like because we're so young when we're exposed to it, um, and I think it happens to older people. You know, you can be college age, and and your brain will will basically create a roadmap, you right. know, Of of like when you know, it's like, it, 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 it tells you that relieves your stress, you know, like, but what ends up happening is that, like, now you're in this cycle, right, you know, because you're always going to be stressed, like, you're, you're going to have these, you're going to have anxiety, you're going to have whatever, like, disappointments, but now that's how you cope, and so there's a, you know, there's a science behind that, you know, a lot of, you know, what I hope to bring to light with this conversation is that, like, that, It it is a drug, you know, and and they've compared the the brain of a cocaine addict with the brain of a porn addict, and it's the same areas, the same areas are affected. That's crazy. And, um, and so that's like, that's been a lot of new neural, you know, neuroscience that, that they've discovered, you know, I mean, in, in, in the past, um, you know, I don't know, 30 years, but, you know, more recently, you know, they've discovered the, uh, this, thing called neuroplasticity where you know I don't know if you've always been told that like uh, your brain settles whatever like once your brain stops growing and y- you your forms you know like at what age 25 oh, yeah, for yeah. males Was a, a 21, yeah. 21 for women I, I don't remember exactly but um, it's actually not true your brain can actually create new receptors through through sort of like behavior you know like um, learning new new ways to cope. So if, if you behavioral patterns, basically, yeah, like you 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 know, like Paul says that we have to um, renew our minds daily, mm-hmm. and 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 it's like we think it's more of a spiritual thing, but it's also a physiological thing because we create those receptors if we read our word in the morning, we read our word during the day, at night. However, and and then we're also you know whatever doing. Uh, you know, I, I guess as porn addicts, you know, like we are accountable. We're making, you know, our phone calls like for me, uh, you know, like making my phone calls, writing my thoughts down, you know, um, having having the dialogue and um, reading material, learning about more, you know, more more things that I could resources, you know, right. and all that stuff like then all that
0: together, you know. There was also, I think, uh, I forgot what podcast it was. Uh, but they were talking about addiction, and they were saying like the behavioral patterns that form the roadmap. Basically, the longer it's done, the larger the highway. So yeah, it could literally be like a two-lane highway for some people, mm-hmm. and it could be like a ten, fifteen-lane highway for some people. Yeah, because the longer that the the pattern has has been going on, mm-hmm. where the habit has been formed, the larger the freeway, the the neural pattern I believe it was. Yeah, um, and so I think that's something very um that, that for me for myself and mm-hmm. talking with guys who are addicted or struggling with porn for me it would be like like dude you can do it you know like just do yeah, this just yeah just do these two things I, you know and I still to this day I do believe you this. this book on manliness <laughs> <laughs> No but like I would say to my some of my friends and you know the church uh you know the church that we've worked with like if you know you feel tempted, mm-hmm. dude. Call me. Yeah. Like, let's just talk. Let's you know. Let's yeah. let's get you out of that mindset, but not truly understanding the the desire or right. the, the the strength of that craving. Like I really didn't know. Right. It was like when you said it was the same as a cocaine addict. Mm-hmm. That when I, he told me this last time, like a while back, I was blown away because I was like, I had no clue. Like right. that's that's a real addiction, and I didn't know that. Right. So a lot of the stuff. That I've learned recently like even the last like six months to a year I feel like has kind of made me rearrange or re-examine what I've kind of given advice to other guys with mm-hmm. and so I think that's something every church every pastor mm-hmm. every ministry leader should look into because right. like we need all the help we can
1: get <laughs> right and I was I was reading a blog today about how there, there's a lot of shaming kind of over the pulpit we don't we don't see it that way, right? We, we hear pastors saying like, Men, we know you're on the Explorer page on Instagram. You need to stop, you know, doing this. And like, we've heard it at men's rallies, men's, you know, discipleship meetings. And, um, you know, we know, you know, like God knows you're looking at that girl or the, the women inappropriately, or even at like during a Sunday service where it's, you know, co, co-ed or whatever, um, but the dangers of there's an ignorance of, of preaching that because there's not an understanding, right? That, like, yeah. you could snap your finger. Well, I, you know, I'm, yeah, I stopped. You know, I stopped everything once I gave my life to the Lord. Boom. Like, I, I, I was free from this uh, drugs, alcohol, pornography, this and that, and cheating on my wife. But what happens is because they make it a men issue. And so women feel they can't go to anybody and talk to anybody because it's right. it's not it's it's so it's such a shameful thing like like it's unheard of right but but the the statistics statistics now i think women are catching up to men um in in porn use masturbation like you know it used to be more like uh reading like love novels you know there's there's love addiction as well that women have and um you know like the cowboy like <laughs> no, I don't know if you've ever seen that.
0: <laughs>
1: no, there's on the Everybody has seen the cover of like some romantic novel sure, we'll with, a, with, sure. with a with <laughs> a half with a naked cowboy on it. And, uh, <laughs> um, but the, the you know it's it, it so it create it feels that like it, it's not only it's just shaming men but then also shaming the women because now they're like I can't tell anybody about this like yeah yeah and, um, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, yeah. That, I mean, we have to have this conversation because leaders struggle with this. Pastors, like, they're not superstars. They're not they're not Superman. They're they're struggling with these things, and because they feel so much shame, um, they don't they don't talk about it. You know, and th- there's few that are really able to like be accountable to other people, and the rest of them they f- they carry that burden of like I can't.
0: I can't let anybody know about this. But I think too, like what happens with pastors and leaders, um, I'm saying this from two sides. I am a pastor and leader, but also look at and work with pastors and leaders. And so I've seen, I've seen this, I've seen a pastor act inappropriately Mm -hmm. and no one in the church say anything. Right. Because it's the pastor. Right. And I think that is something that has to change. If a pastor does something inappropriately, mm-hmm. number one, they actually may be totally ignorant to the inappropriateness of it. Right. And, and I'm not saying that in the way of like, oh, the pastor slapped her butt and it, he was ignorant. No, right. man, that's just blatant so, or leave, just being like that like flir- flirtatious or yeah, but that's the or and and this that stuff should be
1: called out. But what about the hit? You know, it's like because pornography isn't something that's an outward you know it's like not something that you're like oh that guy watches porn or, right you know, you're not so, that it's but what I'm saying that is, girl watches porn the obviously the culture
0: though has to be created in right. which mm-hmm. the conversation can happen yes. in with grace and mm-hmm. in a safe place right or like so for example let's just say like myself let's say um i don't know you see me hug somebody like yeah. a female you see me hug a female and you're like you know what he hugged her a little bit too long too tight too yeah long. Like, and, and honestly, like that, like I, first off, I, it's a normal practice for me. I, I do my best to not hug long at all Mm -hmm. and not from the front. Mm -hmm. Um, from the the side. We do the Christian bro, the bro hug, you know, the side hug. That's like the Christian standard. Um, but the main thing would be this though. I, I hope that there's enough people around me that don't put me on a pedestal and, and look at me as like. Like oh you know what well that was a holy slap on the butt and it's like wait what like <laughs> no that wasn't that was yeah. like that's wrong and so I think that culture has to be created like in the church uh-huh. where the pastor is someone that is human and so you, you can actually say to the pastor hey like I just want you to know like if it was me like I saw you hug that that girl and it looked a little bit too long to me right. and I'm not saying that you did anything like purposely or. Or you're trying to have an affair with this chick, right. but I'm just letting you know that the way it looked did not look like holy, <laughs> right? Would so it, yeah, I mean, there, there definitely needs to be more oversight
1: in 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 just in those areas because yeah, I mean, that definitely can be uh, a branch, you know, leading to uh, an addictive, you know. Behavior in the background, you know, yeah. like going on in closed doors, and but like I said, like they they most pastors, most Christians don't think that there are places they, they they can go to for this, yeah, because they've they've struggled with it since they were teenagers, you know, they they've struggled with it for so long, on and off, right? Like I said, like it's like infrequent, but then you know. You know, and they 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 have been told like, well, when you get married, you know, it's gonna go away. But then it ends up not going away. And then yeah. now they have cell You know, now now we have smartphones now, and and, and porn use has increased. You know, ever since you know I, the iPhone came out. You know, and, um,
0: and it's, but, and it's but, weird, they developed like <laughs> uh, there was a they're interviewing a pastor, he was talking about his he had a pornographic addiction. And he said, like, it's weird because, like, he developed these convictions. And these convictions were so corrupted that he didn't realize how corrupt they were. So, for example, one of them was that he would never view porn on his iPad because he preached from his iPad. He would only use his phone.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's some things you you definitely, like, you, you make uh, excuses for. Yeah, you start yeah. to develop this weird, like, right, like I it's okay. I won't, I will never, you know watch porn in this room or like in the or like i don't know let's say like i'll never you know uh masturbate in the shower because i share the shower with you know my siblings or you know like stuff like that and and you keep it i mean it's definitely like you you're keeping it as a sacred place for your porn use like it, we don't we i know we don't think of it that way but because it is a yeah. god it's it's a it's a god it's a an idol person. it's an yeah. idol. you know it's so we have our little area of of worship dedicated to that, that way that it doesn't, we think it won't taint the rest of, of the rest of our world and the rest of our environment,
0: you know? And and one of the things, like, like, because you you said siblings, like, when, like, for me, I think corruption with children is such an ugly thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you you said the first time you saw porn, you were five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, that for me is so, like, horrible, like, horrific. It's like, what? Like, what the heck happened? Like, how did that, like... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, I want to know, but I'm saying, like... Oh, yeah, I'll tell you. No, no, but I'm, I, my main thing would be this, is, like, in those in those places of conversation, like, talking about this stuff mm-hmm. and creating conversation at a place to discuss it right. is important because it's, like, man, like, if a guy's addicted and he leaves it on his phone and then gives the phone to a kid... Right. What like, happens. And, and that, for me, is just, like, man, like, dude, like, in a way your addiction got so bad, like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I I hate to use the word corrupted, but it's, it's corrupted like a child, but it definitely was something that, that hurt them. It harmed them. Yeah. Like, to speak clearly and bluntly with, with men, like, I've done men's meetings, and I, I literally (laughs) did one in particular, I think I told you about it, where, everyone that was there, and this was like, churches from different areas, with pastors and leaders, Mm -hmm. I was like, I want you to raise your hand if you've looked at porn. Every single guy in that room raised their hand. And I was just like... This this is what bugs me. Is every single person in that room raised their hand... But no one talks about it. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that... We have to... Push into these areas. Number one... To create safe spaces to have conversations. But on top of that... To raise our next generation correctly. Mm-hmm. Like just because... We were... I don't want to say damaged or, or harmed or, or broken. Like, just because it happened to us doesn't mean it's going to happen to the next generation. As a matter of fact, it, I feel like it equips us more to see, let's not do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know, maybe you guys can speak into that, like what's been helpful or harmful in discussions in church. I can speak on that a little bit. Uh, I think
2: both of you guys have been doing a great job of um, saying that a conversation needs to start. Um... I definitely think it needs to start because no one really talks about it. Uh, something Christian had said earlier was, um, "You know, you we battled with porn, pornography for such a long time. When we come into church, you hear someone over the pulpit, preacher, or pastor, evangelist say, like, you know, you know, you struggle with porn, like, you know, just give it to God, and God will heal you, fix you, or you know what I mean." And I, it's it's a good. Gesture or it's it's good to do that to say that, but it's also I would say almost slightly, uh, yeah, I would say slightly ignorant too because, um, imagine struggling with pornography for such a long time. You come into church where you're supposed to be restored, healed, mm-hmm. but a conversation never starts, and all you hear from over the pulpit is like, "You got to get it right, or God's gonna fix you, or God is gonna you know do this and." But what we lack in church today, and I would even say in the Latino culture or Latin culture in general, too, is that that conversation. Because most of us have probably grown up with parents that have never talked about sex. Right. Never talked about even pornography at all. Right. Fear of embarrassment, maybe because their parents didn't talk about it. So imagine generation, generation to generation, just not talking about it. So I think we're in the prime time of now of having that conversation in a safe place at church um, and kind of breaking that that cycle of mm-hmm. not having a conversation and starting a new cycle, a healthy cycle of starting the conversation about how to get over this or, hey, it's okay if you struggle, because yeah. I do too. Yeah. Or there's others and you're not alone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's going to be vital in in a, in any church, especially to talk about things like this, because whether you're a Christian or not, we we struggle with that.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good segue. Uh, we talked about that that there is there's a Reddit or subreddit the it's it's called like No No Fat or, or the No Fat movement. Yeah, and and I stumbled across an article or something on it. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I actually was reading through Reddit and this this uh, subreddit came up. And these are not Christians But they're talking about Like how to not masturbate Or that it's a good thing To not masturbate Right And C- I was just like It's called semen C- C- retention yeah, I, I, For me I had no clue of this But it dawned on me There's this whole subculture On the internet Having these conversations A secular A sec. Yeah Not Christian At all And they're having these conversations On, on how to abstain Yeah And I was just like Dude We're ridiculous we're Like like <laughs> Like, we're, we're saying, like, and honestly, I would say this. I do believe in the miraculous healing. I do believe in a miraculous uh, touch where God can deliver somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, like that. Yeah. I believe that 100%. I don't think it happens all the time. Right. So, for those that are not miraculous delivered, yeah, I think there has to be uh, conversation. Um, there has to be even, like, a plan, like, to, like, get help. Because, like, if we see someone struggling with drug addiction, it's like... We know know, where to send them. Get them to a home. Yeah, we have all the places that we can Mm -hmm. direct them. But with, like, pornography, I I honestly, even as a pastor, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm ill-equipped. Right. Like, I would literally be like, there's a great podcast called Pure Desire Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Start there. And it is. It is. It is a good start. It's a good start. But I'm just saying that that's really all I have yeah. because like there's there's nothing that I was trained with and understanding uh, this is where we can send them and even knowing how bad the addiction is mm-hmm. but um, I think in, in that perspective uh, what would you guys say to say like somebody who is number one um, condemned like they're feeling condemned because mm-hmm. they can't overcome it right and number two, feeling like they don't even know how to start the conversation. What would you guys say to them? Well, I mean, I definitely
1: always start with me too, you know, that you're not alone, and and I share my story, you know, and I and I, and I would, you know, that that's where I would start because, um, you know, Satan, the way. The way he gets us to fall into sin is by isolating. Mm. Uh, he isolates us, you know. He, he, um, uh, or, or like, let's say, a wolf or a, a hunter, you know, type of they, 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 isolate the the weakest, you know, animal, the baby calf or the baby sheep, whatever, and and um, you know, and they they go to work, and so that's how Satan works as a predator, you know. He can he'll isolate the Christian because they have this sort of unspoken thing that, that they don't feel comfortable. They don't know who to turn to, you know, uh, again, like it's, it's, it, they've heard, they they want to tell their pastor, but they've, they've heard it over the, the pulpit so many, for so many years that like, you know, like you're going to go to hell, you know, for this and that. And, 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 he, and, and so adamant as if this person is, is, you know, um, Concrete, you know, like this, this pastor is super holy and, and, you know, or, or, or he's, he's surrounded by super holy people because they're not talking about it. So he thinks I'm the only guy with this problem. I'm the freak. I'm, Mm. I can't tell them about this. Like, you know, and it's causing me to, to go to these extremes now. Now, not only am I, uh, what, you know, like porn, you know, I'm a porn addict. Now it's not enough. Now I got to go to prostitutes now uh or i gotta go to only fans you know like like i gotta um or i'm going to these sex shops and going to strip clubs um i'm going on these uh you know dating apps to have hookups you know um i, I got a tinder account now i'm doing this and and, I, and i'm as a christian you know like and i'm on the worship team i'm on the worship team yeah <laughs> Restoration Life, no. <laughs> Longdale, California. No, no, uh, <laughs> I'm just good. Uh, yeah, Pastor Eddie, I'm sorry. Uh, and and so I would start with with that, and and really like, and I've and I've talked to pretty much like most most guys that I've talked to about this. There's just a sense of relief, like when they're able to share. Yeah, you know, I share my my journey, like how i got exposed to pornography how i was sexually abused how i grew up without a dad and my mom was a drug addict and and i was exposed to all these things at a very early age and then i i didn't know better and so that's the thing is like you're telling somebody well you could you could just stop you need to just stop this problem and and like they started this coping this 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 Pattern as children and they didn't know better like it it wasn't fair, you know, it wasn't fair to me Wasn't fair to you Rob like to be exposed to this stuff so early on, but it was it's not like we searched it out, you know, and um, and and so That I think it's just letting them know that they're not alone Mm. Um, and then obviously, you know, you bring you know, like well here are the resources because now you know now I can tell you, and I can tell any pastor, y- you don't have an excuse anymore. You know, um, there there are thousands of resources out there, you know, and that are talking about this now. There's a Christian ones, non-Christian ones, you know, there's, you know, like Fight the New Drug, there's uh, Porn-Free Radio, there's obviously Pure Desire, and and Pure Desire really, you know, and there's even Every Man's Battle, you know, which is like what everybody knows you know like like that's the go-to but even every man's battle is more 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 geared towards that whole like uh you're a warrior man and Mm. you know and and how to be godly which is 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 true but it doesn't actually um tap into the neurological and the 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 trauma behind it like yeah well why why you know like what happened and so because most men don't like the reason why they they're doing it is because they don't know how to talk about their feelings or they don't know how to talk about these things and like how like yeah like you know my 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 guy cousin touched me when i was whatever years old and like Mm. who wants to admit that because then they feel like well i don't i don't want to be gay you know i don't want to sound gay you know or like it's that machismo thing you know and Um, it's prevalent, you know, like, that, those, those types of situations that happen are very common, and in Latino cultures, a lot of cousin action happening, you know, Mm -hmm. like, our parents, like, and their, our grandparents, you know, it's very likely, like, in, especially in Mexico, like, just, like, brother, sister, like, people, like, touching, you know, like, they're doing stuff, having sex with each other, like, it's very common, like, like, I'm, you know, and, and they're... Just, you know, I was unaware of that. Like, yeah. I, I really was. Just, like, I, I've I mean, you know, like, I've never heard that. I you
0: know,
2: like, it's... have never heard that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, It happens, yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot in my death. Yeah, my
1: and, life. like, and I think that's why they don't talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the, and like, and they, they get married. Obviously, they do their thing in the bedroom. But, like, that stays there. You know, and then the, the, you know, the men go off and they do, you know, they, they, they go on their flings and, and all that and you know, whatever, the, the the stigma of, like, you know, Latino cultures. But, yeah, I, w- I would say, like, there there's resources. There's – even Pure Desire has resources for pastors and leaders. Like, you can send them to them. They have counselors. They have every, you know, like, how to – like, if you're in leadership, like, hey, okay, like, let's – if you feel you have an issue, you can go here, and they'll help you. They'll give you the tools and resources so that you can stay in ministry – because you're working on this problem before it turns into a full-blown, like, I got caught mm. with a prostitute. Mm. I got caught with an underage, you know, person or, like, however, like, just to, like, it's... Or, or my my wife caught me, caught found all this stuff on the mm. laptop, you know, and now she kick me out of the house those kinds of things that happen so there's resources out there
0: and there is power in the confessor since one to another
1: absolutely it helps yeah yeah it's it's very true I mean the first when I was able to speak on it and say this is this is what I'm going through yeah it was like a like a weight you know Mm -hmm. just came off and 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 um yeah, and I mean, and, and, it's a, and it's a constant thing, you know, like, to, to yeah. work that, yeah. you know, to be like, hey, you know what, like, I'm having trouble this week, or I'm doing this, and, you know, like,
0: it, yeah. So, that's what I'd Right. The, the question was, let me just to reset it. The uh, question was, someone's feeling condemned, like, what would you say to them? And also, they, they're trying to figure out how to start the conversation. Like, what are some things you would say to them? Um, I would definitely kind of say...
2: What Christian said is that uh, you're not alone but yeah whether or not you struggle with pornography or if you're feeling condemned um, there's many people out there um, I think it's a sigh of relief for a lot of people to know that hey I'm not alone I'm not isolated in this issue that I thought I was only struggling with right um, I think when someone hears that it definitely kind of takes that weight off of them but then also biblically uh, talking about like there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, like mm-hmm. reminding them that from the Bible already kind of releases that weight off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knowing that obviously, condemnation doesn't come from the Lord, um, but it's so important to know that you're not alone um, and starting that conversation and starting that accountability, whoever it is, whether it's a friend, close leader, pastor. Um, I have a close friend of mine we call each other when it's like hey dude like I'm feeling stressed or man I'm struggling this week with pornography can you pray for me or hey before I watch can you help me Um, and I think that's something that we need to establish um, in church but also kind of let people know like hey don't feel condemned because you're not the only one and it's not from that's not coming from God that's coming from Mm -hmm. Satan and we struggle. We all struggle.
0: Yeah. So um one one of the areas I think that's important too is like if someone's listening to this, you're part of a church, and you're like <clears throat> you know, our our pastor doesn't talk about it, this and that, blah, blah blah. It might just be that they don't they don't know. So like if you you know you're listening to us, I'll put the, the notes and the stuff, the links in the podcast uh, description So that way you can grab it and share it with your pastor. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I think that we want to do in this podcast is to help or enable um, churches, Christians, uh, men's ministries to have the conversation. Um, Now, I do want to go a little bit and kind of switch up the conversation into a place of like, uh, all of us are coming like we have a unique perspective on our struggles and so like for me i would say that as a married man there's still obviously like a desire uh, a a lust that that you know i I have to push against and so the the thing that's different though and i don't know (laughs) how christian was married Mm -hmm. and we talked about that the other podcast you go listen (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh so he's aware that there's there is a gratification, there's something very satisfying in that marriage, especially in the marriage bed. So like, you're aware of it, you don't have it anymore. Like, for me, I I don't. I say this very like, I'm not judging in any way, but I feel like it's not as hard for me because like mm-hmm. I have my wife and I have we have our relationship. And I'm not going go into details about that because yeah. it's my wife. So, but the idea is that. I feel like, is it... How do you view that situation? Do you view, do you view it like, they don't have to worry about it, married men don't have to worry about it, or... You know, because, Rob, you've never been married.
2: So no. We'll start with you. All right, so, as a single man, I would definitely say, someone, probably who's married, or when I see someone that's married, I would definitely say, um, it could be easier, um, because you have, of course you have your spouse, right? But, I would definitely say, it could it would probably be also harder because when you're married, it's no longer just about yourself, but it's about your spouse. Right. So you also have to protect that, protect your relationship with your wife. Um, and then also your relationship with God. Um, so it it could be harder because it's no longer thinking about yourself. Um, so, and then also, um, just because you're married doesn't mean, um, your lustful desires just go away. Like you're still, you're not protected in the sense of like, okay, I'm married. So I'm good. And it's gone. No, uh, it's still there. That's that, that temptation is, is there. Um, so if anything, I would even say it could be harder because it's like, okay, I have to not only guard my heart, guard this. Um, but now I'm also responsible for my wife. Yeah. So it's two things that you have to think about. So yes, it could be easier, but that comes when you, if you cultivate a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm.
0: So okay, so one of the, one of the things I want to bring up is in a marriage, and this is through conversations I've had, people I've met, even just going out to eat, and hanging out. Um, when there's one or the other that is consuming pornography, or even just, well, yeah, pornography feeding their flesh, usually. There's a lot of chaos in the home. Mm -hmm. Like, because what fellowship has light with darkness. So, this mismatch where maybe both are going to church, both are in ministry. Mm -hmm. Let's just say the husband, because we're all here, Let's just say the husband is watching pornography and, like, consistently feeding this. Their marriage, they feel it. Mm -hmm. Something's off. They're, They're arguing. There's this flesh, like this carnality in the home and you even see it like you, you see this couple and they're just like at each other's throats and they can't figure out why and the reality is that because two are one in marriage biblically yeah. scripturally they brought in corruption and that corruption leads to chaos right and so like for marriages for anybody that's listening that's married um i'm not saying that if your home is in chaos you're watching spouse porn your, yeah, spouse watching your spouse porn. is watching porn I'm not saying that across the board but I am saying the majority of the time that I've had conversations with people it came down to that there was some secret like hidden sin that they were feeding and it became externally prevalent mm-hmm. and they they really just didn't address it Right. and then and then through the conversations we had you know stuff got brought up it's like oh dude like right? you should probably tell your oh, you're addicted to porn mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm saying it's, it's something that should be discussed. I'll, I'll add that, like,
1: if if there's sexual behavior happening in the marriage, it's not something that started in the marriage. Um, typically, when it comes to porn addiction right. or any unwanted sexual behavior, whether that's, you know, um, sexting, you know, a, another person of the opposite sex while you're married or uh, flirting, at work. Um, yeah. You know, or, yeah. I mean, it goes beyond just watching porn, you know, or, or using Instagram or using uh, Victoria's Secret, you know, like whatever. Like your your wife's, uh, you know, uh, bra ads on the newspaper. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is the... I'm just I'm painting. You're trying to paint a scenario because the the, the like a lot of men or women think that like uh, what I consider edging, which is like you're using you're using material that's not quite uh, seen as pornography, but you're using things to 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 to, to like just get oh, close yeah. enough yeah. to 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 kind of you know uh, give give a, give a little like uh, give yourself a little. I don't know, a pat on the back. At least I didn't watch porn. At least I didn't masturbate. Yeah, at, at least yeah. I didn't do this. At least I didn't have sex with this woman. You know, I got close. I was flirting. And then she gave me her number, whatever. Um, and I'm making all this stuff up. But I've heard a lot, so many of these stories, you know. Um, I would say that there's already been been a been a pattern from before. And the, the misconception is that all of this stuff will go away once you're married, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It and does not. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's it's, and the reason it doesn't is because it's hard to talk about it, and it's hard to discuss it. Um, often, you know, the spouse feels betrayed. The mainly females feel very betrayed by this kind of stuff. So how could you? Why would you know? And and you hear that from. That's why you know, like like I said, like over the pulpit, it's like it's that same rhetoric of like, how could you do this? How could you hurt your family? How could yeah. you, why would you, you know, hurt the church and, and et cetera, et cetera. So there's like, whoa, well, I have to deal with this on my own. I have to buck up, you know, and, and, and figure it out on my own. And you can't, you know, right. you can't, you have to have community. You have to have, uh, you know, a place, a safe, a safe place to talk about it and a place that has resources. Um, yeah, so I would just, I would say that, you know, about like, that if there are those issues, it, it's, it didn't start there. Mm-hmm. It was, it was there before and they didn't, they didn't, um, I guess, attempt to take care of them, you know, make, you know, I'm not saying that they didn't make an effort. Maybe they reached out to a pastor and the pastor was like, you know, gaslighting them or, you know, or told them, well, read your Bible more, you know, and act more spiritual, basically is what they're saying you don't love God
0: enough you know but I would say like I've literally heard advice one guy repeated advice that his pastor gave him Mm -hmm. fake it till you make it I do not agree with that at all I feel like dude like if anything genuine sincerity and like true repentance Mm -hmm. and humility lead us to freedom yeah being real yeah the fake it till you make it Anybody who tells you that, I, I would encourage you to like like um, Oh I'm blessed, bro. Yeah. It's like putting it's a to be Yeah, it's putting a banding on cancer. Right. Yeah. It's like, no dude, nope. like this is this is a serious issue that you have to address. Like yeah. you can't just say like, oh it's not that big of a deal. And I would
2: even say, back to the marriage thing, I would even say kind of just at add this, uh, a lot of people see marriage as like Fixing things, right? Like, oh, if I get married, it's gonna fix my pornography issue. Mm-hmm. If I get married, it's gonna fix my sex my sex addiction. But in reality, marriage doesn't fix it. Marriage right. exposes everything. Right.
1: Yes. I so what one thing that we didn't talk about the last time was because we would have gone and segued into pornography was I didn't realize I had a porn addiction until I was married. Wow. You know, okay. I you know there was a there was a period early on in the marriage where, um, you know, wasn't saved, right? You know, we got married and I lost my job. So I was unemployed. And that's when I was online all the time. I was on the computer and I was at home hanging out and I would binge watch pornography for hours on and off, you know? And, um, and, and I knew it was, at first, I didn't think it was a problem, like, you know, it was just something I did here and there, you know, I I knew that I, you know, um, would pop in a DVD in my 20s every now and then when I wasn't sleeping around, when I didn't have, you know, my go-to, uh, you know, girls or whatever, or hookups, and then, you know, I, I knew I masturbated and fantasized when I was when I was a teen, you know, um, and, and, but... I didn't realize how bad it was until I tried to stop Mm. and I felt and and part of it was like I feel like I'm not like because I've masturbated Mm. and and, and took in all this porn now my at night you know in the evening when it's my wife and I you know I can't uh, you know feel aroused like I normally would with with a female body, an actual female body, and that is essentially what started me on the course back to Christ. Because I was in, you know involved in all this New Age stuff, I was trying to better myself. I was trying to elevate myself and try to you know read read all these resources on how to like transcend. You know my mind okay. and 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 this 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 earthly physical realm, and none of that was helping meditation wasn't helping yoga and so then that's when I was like i I need help like and I I think I need to go back to Christ because I felt it was evil I felt it was really dark and I felt trapped and alone and my and my ex and I you know we had talked about it we you know I had told her like like hey like I do watch you know." You know, porn, but I would try to find you know, but then I would make the excuse that I would try to find I, I only watch porn with girls that looked like her, you know. <laughs> you know and to like, comfort her. Right, like as if that would help. Yeah. You know, and I think I don't I don't know if she had a problem with it or not. I mean she wasn't a believer.
0: But I think initially that's how I tried to like Well I would say this. Every woman that um sees their spouse, their their husband mm-hmm. looking at pornography feels like I'm not enough. Right. Every woman feels that. Uh, but it Christian women
1: period. Because there's there's couples who use porn like in their in their love life. Like they, they, they watch it together. They don't and, mind and they, even, they
0: say they don't mind, you know And the like, wife has included it because like, she feels like well he needs it. The so like of, yeah, and and so that's what I'm saying like or every, she needs every it. yeah, but but the reality is that every marriage, um, and this is what we do premarital counseling. You should, every person that is in any sort of relationship going towards marriage do premarital counseling mm-hmm. because one of the main things that has to come out is you are an individual as a whole. Mm-hmm. You're not two halves coming together, right? And as a whole, you bring in whatever you're wholly made of. <laughs> so. Yeah. That, for me, was a big revelation when, you know, moving forward in our marriage. Um, and we can have... We're going to go a different direction in the next few podcasts, talk about a, different, a few different things. But I remember when we were doing premarital counseling, our uh, our counselors were very um, blunt, graphic, uh, talk did not mind the conversation around sex, around um, talking about, like, okay, what have you guys done so far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, well, let me be holy, you know, we've only held hands, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, but, but they were so straight yeah. that it was like, dude, like, we can be real with them, yeah. like, you know, like, so there was real struggle, there was real uh, uh, crossing of boundaries, and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, uh, you know, how does this, counsel, how do these counselors take us through this mm-hmm. and they were great like I would recommend them anyone. Anyway. they're real right yeah, yeah. They, were, they were honest and transparent but the reason that they were so real was because they knew if we don't address it mm-hmm. in a realistic way you're going to go into the marriage ill-equipped right yeah. and you're going to think like oh i good just to go but no so in the end um I like we're going to end this right now we're going to do the podcast Rob Christian yeah yes it? okay yes Yes. so we're going to do another podcast because we want to, we want to help create the conversation, Mm -hmm. but, um, we're going to end this right now. And if you have any closing thoughts, I mean, you can share them and then we'll, we'll close it up. I would like to
2: say, um, at least for this podcast, um, if you struggle with pornography, you're not alone. There are many others out there. Um, definitely, uh, there's freedom from pornography. Mm. Um, And definitely open up and talk to someone, a friend, uh, a leader, a pastor, someone. Us. Us. Um, We'll leave our at. Yeah. You can follow (laughs) us. You can talk to us. Message us. You're not alone. Um, Definitely talk to... Men, yeah, me. men, yes, men. <laughs> we'll put men. some. We'll put some uh, links up for women. For women, yeah. This yeah. is for men right now. Um, definitely reach out to us if you're a guy and you're struggling. Reach out to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, you're not alone. Um, and yeah, start the conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: I would say. Yeah, um, same. And I would also just add, like, it's never too late. Like you. When you're in the thick of it, like, it feels like you're never gonna get out, like, there is no escape, because you're, you feel isolated, um, and whether you're married or you're single, like, it's not too late, like, to, to, um, reverse the damage that, um, that the enemy has, has, has caused in your life, in your family, and, um, you know, you're, you're not you're not too far from God like there's nothing that God can't do um, or use like he, God can still use you God can st- even in the honestly like yes like like God has used a lot of men and women who were in the thick of their sin and um, you know but it doesn't last for very long you know God obviously the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The, um or or God exposes you. And so I would say that before God exposes you, please like seek help. Um, there are plenty of resources out there. Puredesire.org, go there. There's Recovered Man, there's Fight the New Drug. You can get all kinds of apps, you know, Covenant Eyes Accountable to You. You can um, it just, just, just reach out into a friend, you know, uh, someone that you trust, and um, let them know. And they might not know how to help you. They might just pray for you, and then you know, and and send you on your way. But at least like you got it out there, you know. And, yeah. And and so, and there's nothing. I mean, again, like you can reach out to us. Like there is nothing too bizarre too crazy for me nothing that I, that <laughs> you're not going to shock me mm-hmm. um i've i've been in recovery for the past almost eight years you know um since 20 you know 20 well actually 2012 you know um and it's been an uphill battle i mean it's been a lot i've i've had victories i've had relapses, i fall in flat on my face, and, um, and I just get up, you know, because the longer, you know, the longer you stay, the, the you know, the longer the road to recovery, you know, they say that um, depending on how long you've been addicted or um, you do, you know, in this pattern, it's, uh, recovery takes two, two to five years. Uh, of you actually initiating these practices, you know whether that's being in a community of accountable people, um, you know, making your phone calls to you know your some leaders, uh, you know, and, and of you know having whatever your your apps in, and to 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 keep you from going on these sites, you know, like. Uh, Bulletproof, you know, uh, all your devices mm-hmm. in that sense. And, um, and yeah, and, and recognizing your triggers, all that, like, yeah. that, that, that's, that's knowing, like, hey, when I'm I'm about to enter into a situation that typically causes me to, to go home and act out, you know, or this and that, and, and recognizing that. And mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's never too late. Um, and you could be a 60-year-old man. You know, going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are, and yeah, you, and it, it doesn't stop. I mean, you, you can be a senior citizen, you're still gonna have this addiction, and as long as you don't recognize it, you in pretend like you know, there's not an issue or there's no one that can help you, and you're gonna continue in it. But, but there's help out there, and so, um, you know, be be hopeful and and be, yeah,
0: um, seek seek help. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we'll be back on another podcast, but thank you guys for listening.